Welcome back to your haunted holiday. This is Lisa. And I'm Lindsay. And we have a good one for everybody today because this is a place that we actually stayed at. So we're going to be able to tell everybody what we experienced. Yes, it was exciting. We've been kind of waiting to go out. Obviously, we've been social distancing and trying to be responsible along with everyone else. So we came up with a way uh, that we could we could social distance, but we also got to potentially experience some hauntings. Yeah, because we were not going to go anywhere unless we felt comfortable. And I will say this place put a lot of things in place to make us feel a lot more comfortable. They were cleaning everything like nonstop. They wore masks. Like I felt pretty comfortable for the most part. Absolutely. Yeah. Minus the ghosts. Yes. Minus the ghosts. So get ready for a good one, everybody. This is your haunted holiday at the Foley House Inn in Savannah, Georgia. Before we get into our episode, I have a quick update for everybody. And as our listenership has grown, we've had quite a few people ask us if we have merchandise available. And we finally do. So if you go to yourhauntedholiday.com, you're going to see a new merchandise section where you can buy anything from t-shirts, tank tops, stickers, magnets, and even masks with the Your Haunted Holiday logo. And just for the next 48 hours, there is a 35% off discount code on the website that we are doing this through. So if you want a discount, then act quick and go get your Haunted Holiday merch. Okay, so this last weekend, we decided to take the road trip down to Savannah And we decided to stay at a place called the Foley House Inn. So I'm sure some of you have heard of it, but if you're not super familiar with Savannah, you may not have. Mm -hmm. You know, we only found out about it because we went on a haunted pub crawl about a year ago and we learned of it there. And it just has a pretty cool story, I think. It does. So I remember when the tour guide, first off, our tour guide in this pub crawl about a year ago was so good. She told great stories. And I remember thinking as she was saying this, oh my gosh, we have got to book a room in this little place. And it's a bed and breakfast. So it's pretty small. There's not like tons of guests moving in and out of it. It's private, quiet, and really haunted. And they accept dogs, everybody. Yes. We could not believe this. So, you know, we didn't have anybody to watch Lindsay's dog. And when we were thinking about this last minute, we were like, well, maybe there's a place that accepts pets. And sure enough, this Foley House Inn, they love dogs, maybe more than the people, but they love dogs. And so we brought her dog and that was a pretty cool experience to be I, able to do too. I couldn't believe it because this place is old and kind of fancy, I would say. And, you know, they take good care of this place, right? So, but they, they really love the dogs. Yeah. And think about it like this, like... When you're walking through historic downtown Savannah, you know, you see all these beautiful old like brownstone mansions, right? Mm -hmm. And I always thought, what would it be like to be in one of those? Because they're just so neat. That's what this is, everybody. It's like an old mansion that they have turned into a bed and breakfast. Right. It's really, really neat. The other thing that's really cool about this 
is it is right on Chippewa Square. So Savannah has all these beautiful squares with gardens and statues and fountains all throughout the city. Chippewa Square is actually where they filmed Forrest Gump and where Forrest Gump is sitting on the bench waiting for the bus Mm -hmm. and he's offering like a box of chocolates and that kind of thing. It is literally right there. Right. It's it's beautiful. Yes. So you know it's right in the heart of Savannah and it's on this really cool place that was so beautiful that that's where they filmed all those scenes. No kidding. And, And Forrest Gump, it's iconic. Everybody has seen it. It's recognizable. Yeah. You know, the other thing about staying in this place, and we're going to get into our stay in a lot more detail here in a bit, is what's interesting is the whole time outside there is just haunted tours. Yeah. And they're all stopped outside this place and they're all telling the story, which me and Lindsay knew. So we could kind of overhear it like every time we took her dog out to go to the bathroom. There was people watching us leave this place thinking about like they just heard the ghost stories right happening there. So I thought that was kind of cool too. I thought so too. I thought it was neat. So let's get into the history of the Foley House. It was actually built in 1896 by Nora Foley. And before she built this, let me give you some history on the land where the house is built really quickly. Obviously, if you go back and you listen to episodes one and two of our podcast, we really delve into like the Civil War. We also delve into the Revolutionary War, Yellow Fever, all those things. You can go back and listen to those and and hear a lot more about the history if you haven't already. But one thing that I didn't even realize when we were staying there is that it was actually originally the land, a Jewish cemetery for the original um, people that were living there. And they actually stopped burying people on that cemetery in the mid-1750s. But what they did in order to clear the land for building properties is they actually just moved the headstones And they didn't actually move any of the bodies because they were scared that they would like dig up these bodies and they would get things like Uh yellow fever or some kind of disease. Oh, yeah. And so this is actually a pretty common practice throughout Savannah. Like a lot of the cemeteries have been moved or like, you know, kind of shuffled to the side a little bit. So most of the places in Savannah, like you are standing over dead bodies because they've moved cemeteries. Mm -hmm. And this land in particular was built on top of this old Jewish cemetery where the bodies are still under there. Does that include Chippewa Square? Yeah. Okay. Yep. Now, I thought that was interesting. The other thing before it was actually built by um, Mrs. Foley is it was actually built also on top of where a previous house was that was burned down in the Great Savannah Fire. So back even before this in the 1800s, there was this huge fire, burned almost the whole city down, and that house was one of them. So when Honora Foley decided to build this place in 1896, she was actually a widow. In addition to her husband passing away, her daughter actually passed away too, and her daughter had five children. Mm -hmm. So she took them in with her into this bed and breakfast that she built along with her daughter's husband, Mm -hmm. so her son-in-law. So she was really kind of like an upstanding member of the community. She had a lot of respect from people because it wasn't easy. Like she was 
a businesswoman, and this is the late 1800s, that is not an easy thing for a woman to do back in those days. Like, you have a lot of scrutiny on you, right? Now, here is a legend. I'm going to get into the legend here for a second, okay? And then I'm going to tell you what is true. So, essentially, she's this, like I said, upstanding member of the community. And then on her deathbed in 1914, she confesses to something. And what she confesses to is murder. I kind of liken it to self-defense, but you decide, right? So, apparently, she had a boarder that was staying in her bed and breakfast who kind of like ended up kind of taking a shining to Mrs. Foley and she was not interested, mm-hmm. right? And he was kind of like being creepy and she kept trying to like put him off. Well, one night she's sleeping in her bed and she wakes up to somebody laying in her bed with her. And then this individual proceeds to try to strangle her. Ooh. She panics. She can't scream because he's strangling her. She grabs a candlestick on her nightstand and proceeds to beat him over the head with this candlestick. And he ends up dying. So I have heard this story, but you told it in a better way, which is that I didn't know that he was interested in her. I thought he was just some sort of random guy that had booked a room and she woke up to him trying to strangle her in her bed. But that is really scary. And it was Mrs. Foley... In the bedroom with the candlestick. Essentially, is how I feel about it. Like clue, yes, exactly. So, and and also, we do know she confessed to something on her deathbed, right? Exactly what was said. Like it's there's all kinds of different versions of it. I'm telling the most common version. I'm going to get into some other theories that are out there about this murder down the line here. So she beats him over the head. She kind of panics. She's like, oh, my God, what am I going to do? Like, this guy is in my room. I don't want to call the authorities. They might try to try me for murder. Like, Mm -hmm. I don't want to go to prison forever. So she ends up contacting one of her friends, Matthew. And Matthew is a brick mason. And he was also a boarder that was staying there at the Foley House Inn. But he was staying there for quite some time. And he was kind of like paying his way staying there by helping her out with like different projects around the house and that kind of thing and so she convinced him to help her get rid of the body and so what they did is they actually bricked this person into the walls of the home Mm -hmm. so she lived the rest of her life knowing and living in this house (laughs) i didn't even think about that yeah. Knowing that this body of this person that she killed is buried in the walls and nobody knew a thing other than Matthew, her friend, the brick mason, until she was on her deathbed and confessed to this. Wow. So once she confesses, everybody thinks she's just like in delirium, like she's getting ready to die. Like this can't possibly be true, right? Mm-hmm. Like nobody actually takes it seriously, right? Fast forward to 100 years later. In 1987, they are renovating the Foley House Inn and actually connecting it to a brownstone next door. So they're tearing out walls and stuff like that. And lo and behold, they find skeletal remains of a man bricked into the wall. Wow. Stunning. 
Right? And nobody believed it was true. Like that story and rumor had been out there for like years. Mm -hmm. There was also a rumor that, you know, there was somebody who did go missing in Savannah that was happened to be staying at the house around this Mm -hmm. time. And they think he was like this wealthy exporter that like was kind of in and out of town. Like people didn't really know him very well, Mm -hmm. but he like went missing. And they actually supposedly asked Miss Foley, do you happen to know what happened to this guy? And her answer was, he checked out. Right. Interesting. And so people speculate that might be who it was, but the body has never been identified. And nobody really knows who this is, right? It's funny that you say he was an exporter, they think, because I feel like that is like a fictional career only in Seinfeld. (laughs) He's an importer-exporter? Yeah, Vandalay Industries, right? I mean... But I guess it must be a real thing. But hmm. I also read a bunch of different things. One was he was an exporter. One was he was a traveling salesman. I mean, there is a lot of different theories. And one of the theories, in fact, that's actually pretty prevalent is not that this guy tried to go in and strangle her, mm-hmm. but that he was wealthy and they decided to murder him for the cash. Oh. And they wanted his money. Wow. So yet another version of events. Right. So that would be a real murder. The other one, the first version, for sure self-defense. I like the first version of the story I do too. But you know, it's Savannah. I mean, of course they found a dead body in the walls. It's Savannah. There's like so much tragedy and hauntings and just the stories are endless in Savannah. Well, and this is my favorite part of the story. So like I said, they have no idea who this person is that's in the walls. He's unidentified. So they ended up calling this person, the staff at the hotel, Wally, because he was buried in the walls right. of I the hotel. Right, I love that. I love that. Me too. Now, the other thing I will say is, you know, up until this point in 1987, before they found this body, there was never really, like, any stories of hauntings or strange things occurring there. But as soon as that body came out of the walls... There were stories starting to pop up. Okay, guys, I know that recently we've recommended some other podcasts. We've got one more for you that we've come across recently that we think is really good. So it's called The Ghost Story Guys, and every week they host a podcast where they tell ghost stories, sometimes listener ghost stories, and it's by Brennan and Ian. And check out their show, The Ghost Story Guys. Here's their trailer. Word of warning, we typically don't use very many, if any, curse words. This this preview has some brief ones, nothing too terrible, but if you've got kids listening for the next 60 seconds, you can plug their ears. All right, here we go. I'm Brendan Storer. I'm Ian Gibbs. We're the Ghost Story Guys. And every two weeks, we bring you true stories of the paranormal. With a healthy side of skepticism. Do you really need to lead with the skepticism? I just feel like it'll save us angry emails later. Yeah, because that's the only reason we get angry emails. Okay, look, there's no pleasing some people. (laughs) I saw a goddamn shadow man walk across the living room, but God help me if I tell them the Warrens are full of shit. Anyways, you can find us on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, SoundCloud, CastBox, and everywhere else podcasts live. That was great. I don't know if they'll play that, but it's great. 
So now that Wally has been found, there are some hauntings on this property. And you know, the main haunting, there's supposedly a guy walking around wearing a top hat. And a lot of time he's smiling. And most of the time when people see him, he's in the courtyard area. And I got to say, everybody, the courtyard is so cute and pretty. It's beautiful. It is like a private courtyard. There's a fountain back there. There's tables for you to sit down. Mm-hmm. Like, it is really nice cool. of like, like lots of nice little plants. And it's really cute. Yeah. And so that is Wally's favorite place to go. Who now, blame him? Yeah. Right. And Lindsay, you said that Wally's supposed to be somewhere else when we were there too. And I didn't find that information. He can be seen throughout, but you mentioned one that I thought was pretty interesting. Yeah. I was reading some stories of people who have, you know, stayed at the Foley House Inn. And one person claims that they were walking through the front, front door and this man kind of abruptly walked past them and almost like bumped shoulders with them. And so she turned around like, hey, you know, and he was a man in a top hat. And then all of a sudden he disappeared. He went away. And that was leaving the front door of the Foley house. So he can really be seen anywhere, but mainly in that courtyard area. Right. And maybe even he was trying to strangle Mrs. Foley up in her room. I mean, who the heck knows? Yeah. It sounds like, you know, an exporter would wear a top hat if, as far as I'm concerned. Right? <laughs> an exporter. <laughs> who the heck knows? The other thing that is super common at this place is rushes of like cold air. So not just like a cold spot that you would normally experience in a lot of haunted places. It is literally like a breeze. And this is when they say the air isn't kicking on, the windows are closed, like it is just unexplainable. And a ton of people experience this happening. Mm. Now you also might hear some heavy footsteps especially like in kind of like the lounge or lobby area, I would say. There is light banging on the walls, like a maybe like a tapping. If I hear light banging, that's kind of how I interpret it. There's also supposedly a little girl in the lounge slash lobby area that when it is totally silent in the room, will scream at the top of her lungs. Who is this little girl, I wonder? I have no idea. There's also some reports that I read. I mean, most of the stories are around Wally and the guy in the top hat and the um, cold air coming Mm -hmm. through. But there have been some reports of little kids laughing in the halls and that kind of thing. And remember, Mrs. Foley kind of took in her five grandkids. Right. So maybe... You know, it's tied back to them. Maybe. And you got to think, too, all the history of just the land, right? Right. The Endless cemetery. Right. Because yeah. there's bodies not only in the walls at this place, but under under the actual house. Right. The other thing that takes place, and this is kind of the scariest. So Mrs. Foley's room, you can actually stay in. This is room 301. And it's on the second floor, and we had to ask them which room it was to find this out. So you can stay there, and apparently if you're staying in that room, you may feel what feels like a guy getting in your bed and maybe even, like, choking you a little Uh, bit. Nope. But... I would love to stay in Mrs. Foley's room. I know. I would just lose a little sleep over it. I know. We did not get to stay in Mrs. Foley's room, unfortunately. It was already booked. 
Um, we actually stayed in room 403. And, you know, when we asked them, we specifically, of course, requested we need a haunted room. And they said there is different activity in all of the rooms in the house. There's not a single room that's not haunted, some more than others. Mm-hmm. And so they said room 403 has a lot of activity. So we went right. with it. The other thing is you could all of it's old, all of it's haunted, but they did break into that wall to get into the other building next door and to expand to the bed and breakfast. So you've got the original Foley house in. And then it's been expanded. So you could, of course, stay in the newer area, which I'm sure the ghosts are there. I mean, my gosh, think about all the things that have happened in the land. But you could just request also if the other, if, if uh, Mrs. Foley's room's booked, you could request to stay in the original house. Right. And, and that's what we did. We, I mean, it was beautiful. Yeah, it was really cool. It's obviously old, but it was renovated. I, I was very comfortable. I thought it was very nice. It was gorgeous. You know, like... They had a huge king-size bed. The room was really big. You also had windows, like, surrounding, like, two of the full walls. And we had this view of this, like, beautiful, like, steeple, like, right next door and the courtyard. Right. And so from our room, there's actually, like, almost, it's almost like a balcony, I guess, that was, like, easy access to. Mm-hmm. That was kind of a public space. But from there, you could see Chippewa Square You could see the courtyard where you can look for the guy with the top hat. You can also see the steeple of the church. And everybody, I want—I know everybody's seen the movie Forrest Gump. Think back to that first scene in Forrest Gump where that feather kind of is floating down. And you see that beautiful church steeple in the background. Mm -hmm. That is the steeple that you're looking at. It is literally right there next to you. Right. It's pretty cool. It is. Savannah, you just, you cannot beat it. Just yeah. everything about it. I love it. And I would also say the people working there were so friendly. I mean, very accommodating. They noticed we were the ones kind of obviously staying there because there wasn't a whole lot of activity in town. So I think they made an assumption. And they even came down. They got our bags for us. Mm-hmm. It was just a really cool experience. Everybody was nice there. They have things like um, wine hour every mm-hmm. night where they'll serve you wine. In the mornings, uh, one call out um, is normally they have breakfast. But because of the pandemic and safety measures they're trying to take, they actually stopped serving breakfast. But they still have like coffee and tea and stuff like that out for you to be able to grab. So the first night there, I I will say we got a good vibe from the room. Like I didn't feel anything strange at all. Um, We did try to like stay up late and ghost hunt a little bit. And we had our EMF detector and a spirit box. And we kind of went into that lounge area where the little girl is supposed to scream. And we were kind of asking questions and stuff like that. And we heard some clear footsteps yep now what i will say is it's an old creaky place there were other people staying there so it i mean it could be written off but it felt like these footsteps to me Lindsay, were almost intentional like we were asking questions like can you come closer can you Mm -hmm. continue to do that we could hear you and then it almost seemed like it was following our instructions a little bit it was strange so we were sitting there and I heard, I was kind of sitting with my back to the 
where the front door is and then down the hall towards the stairs where you would go up to get to your rooms. Lisa was facing that. We kind of tried to position ourselves. We would have different views of the room, right? Strategically. And, uh, you know, we heard footsteps coming starting from by the stairs and it literally worked its way down the hallway towards the front door. I picked up the K2 meter. I went over there to see if I could pick up on anything. I didn't get anything to go off. I probably scared it off. actually yeah because after that we didn't really hear anymore yeah we didn't and and in fact lisa heard a little bit from the other side of the lounge but i walked over and was able to debunk that one it was coming from up above but we really made an effort to try to debunk the sounds i do not have a way to explain those footsteps that came down the hallway it certainly was not coming from above us no and i don't think it was coming from anybody else in the house like it was level with where we were absolutely yeah yeah well and then that same night so there were some other people staying there and they told an interesting story about that lobby area right, they did which so these people apparently they go there i think every year with their family and this was their third year going to the foley house in and so we were asking him have you ever experienced anything here and she said she hadn't personally but that she had a friend staying there who the time previously swore that they saw a woman standing by the window in that lobby area and pointed it out to everybody and was like, do you guys see that? Mm -hmm. And they were like, what are you talking about? I have no idea. And he just kept saying, I, and he was the only one that could see it. And so he kind of thought he was like going nuts, but for whatever reason, it just presented itself to their friend, but nobody else could see it. And he was just very insistent that there is a woman standing there and he could not believe that nobody else could see it. Mm-hmm. And apparently he was also a skeptic. So that's true. He's now a believer. Yeah. So the first night, I think that was pretty much it, right? Like the footsteps was the main thing that we encountered. That was the big thing. But we did take the K2 meter outside to Chippewa Square when we went to take my dog out. The, the other great thing about having a dog at this place, if you need to take your dog is there's so much green space around for for restroom breaks. So we we took her out for her last little outing, and it was dark. Lisa was carrying the K2 meter, and it consistently went off throughout our time in Chippewa Square, and we couldn't really explain it. It was going off so much that it made me think maybe there is some sort of phenomena out there, like there's a lot of electrical stuff happening but we would lower it all the way down to the ground it would kind of stop and then when we'd raise it like above where head level would typically be for a normal person it would stop it was almost like like at body level yeah it was really weird yes we also asked if they were a revolutionary war soldier and the k2 if you guys are familiar with this it has lights starting with like green yellow orange red hit red for the first time it had in the entire square that night. So we sat out there like trying to get some sort of reactions. It was strange. It really was. And it seemed to be going off a bit to some of our questions. Like when we asked them, are you a soldier? Things like that. Right. It did seem to, you know, react to that. I thought. I thought so too. Yeah. So that's what we experienced the first night. So a little something, you know, which Mm -hmm. I thought was interesting the second night, I, I had a different vibe in the place, a little bit. Or I, at least I know Lindsay did. <laughs> a little bit. Yeah. 
I mean, that's just the way I, you know, I get paranoid about this stuff. I get to thinking about ghosts standing over the bed or something like that. Well, and so Lindsay goes and she meets me and she's in the courtyard waiting for me. And so I go to meet her out there with her dog. And she's like, I'm getting the creep vibes out here, Lisa. There's just something not right. I have goosebumps. I was getting the chills. I was just... And it was not coronavirus. <laughs> I was just, I was just getting the creeps. Like I was getting, um, I was getting goosebumps, and just I felt like there was somebody around. But I mean, I'm not a medium. I'm not a psychic. I have no idea. I just had a creepy feeling, and maybe knowing it was haunted and it was dark, and I was out there by myself. Yeah, creeped me out. Well, and we stayed out there for a little while. And what was funny is like we're sitting at this, you know, table. And we have our K2 meter out. And we're asking questions. And then at some point, Lindsay's like, let's get out of here. I've had enough of this place. And I was like, are you serious? Like, okay, sure. <laughs> well, we had the spirit box out too. And there was some like tapping noises. Oh, and I forgot about that. Yeah. It could have just been, who knows? I mean, it's an old place, right? I didn't necessarily think for sure it was some sort of a ghost. But I was just creeped out. Yeah. I mean, I did. I will say later that night I went out to the courtyard too by myself and I did get a bit of a creep vibe I was just waiting on that guy with the top hat to just show up I was waiting because I was walking from there's different sections of the courtyard so I went from one to the other and I was like oh my gosh that that guy in that hat's gonna be standing over there and uh that did not happen thank goodness well I mean I guess it would have been cool well it would have been scary (laughs) if I were by myself yeah I agree with that Well, and so then we went back up into the room. And just as a side note, everybody, our ghost hunt, at least for me, got cut a little bit short. And I had an allergic reaction at dinner. And so I had to take Benadryl. And if you listen to the show, you know that I have no trouble sleeping through anything. (laughs) And so this was definitely not an exception on night two, which was our last night there. So she's all drugged up on Benadryl recovering from this really kind of scary allergic reaction situation and i'm up by myself i could just hear you complaining like of course you're asleep right now like i could hear you out of the you know out of my twilight i could kind of hear you complaining about it but what was weird tell him what happened once we were asleep because i do remember this a bit i was kind of in and out of it at this point yeah so obviously we have my dog brandy with me she sleeps in the bed, and um, she was sleeping at the end of the bed, kind of by our feet. And I was sleeping. I was actually sleeping, thank goodness, right? So I uh, I woke up to her barking. But here's the thing about Brandy. She doesn't do a full bark in the house, typically. Um, she kind of does it, like, under her breath, kind of like, you know. And she was, like, looking at the corner of the room and barking at it. There was nothing there. I looked. I thought, oh, God, please don't let there be you know something over there Lisa's gonna have to wake up if that's the case but no she and she consistently did that I had to kind of tell her to be quiet so she didn't wake up other guests I do remember hearing her and I was surprised because Brandy does not bark that much no it is rare and especially at night when she's sleeping she's a deep sleeper I've never heard her get up at night and bark at anything And I've been staying with you now for almost three weeks during this whole social distancing situation. Uh And she has not done that once. No. And I will say I took note of the time. 
because I was thinking, oh my gosh, if it's 3 a.m., I'm going to be really freaked out. But it was 5.30 a.m.-ish. It was right in that realm. Yeah, but that was pretty crazy. So I think Brandy might have seen her first ghost. Okay, so our stay there was really cool. Everybody there was super friendly. Before I get into the prices, I will say because things like their breakfast have gone away, the prices, I think, are pretty different than what they are normally. Mm -hmm. So I feel like me and Lindsay got kind of a deal on it. So just keep in mind, make sure to check their website to make sure you're getting the current prices because what I'm giving you is what their prices are listed at today because they have gone down a little bit. As of when we booked. As of when we booked, right. So their rooms go from, and it's pretty affordable right now for a really cool brownstone mansion bed and breakfast experience in Savannah in downtown. It goes from $129 for a room all the way to $189 for a room. And again, I think those are discounted right now. Mm -hmm. Now, they do have what they call the haunted package. Now, there are other packages here that I am not going to get into. So if you are interested in the romance package or the elopement package, please feel free to go to their website and check those out. But I ain't covering those. (laughs) Right. So the haunted package is $150 plus your lodging. Okay. So you're paying for both of those. And I think this is actually kind of a good deal. We didn't book this ourselves because with the whole social distancing Mm -hmm. situation, it didn't really make sense today. But what this includes is $150. It includes a haunted pub crawl. It includes lunch for two at Moon River Brewing Company, which is a crazy haunted place with which one of our listeners actually Mm -hmm. told us we need to go and we weren't able to go to on this last trip. It was just, yeah, not a good opportunity. But when... When the pandemic is over, we we definitely have got to hit that place up. Yeah, for sure. The other thing you get is two tickets to the Sorrel Weed House to do a tour there, which we covered in our second episode on this show. Now, I don't think it's the whole paranormal investigation tour. I think it's kind of their standard daytime history tour of the place. And then you also get placement in their most haunted rooms at the Foley House Inn. So they are definitely appreciating their ghosts at this place. And definitely they have specific rooms they're going to book you in. So you got to make sure that you request a haunted room. Absolutely. I, I will say I made the phone call to book the room and they didn't give me a hard time at all. In fact, they kind of joked around with me and are totally embracing of their ghosts. It is Savannah. I I think most places in Savannah embrace the spirits. I mean, yeah. And I will say, compared to some of the other haunted places that you can stay in, this is really reasonably priced, especially like a haunted bed and breakfast Mm -hmm. in Savannah. We looked at some places like the Keogh House, which, oh my gosh, I would love to stay there. Not dog friendly, from what I understand, but also significantly more expensive. Right. And um, I, I don't know how much like the 1790 in that would be pretty cool. We walked right by there. There's so many places. There is. Yeah. But this was a really cool one. Yeah. 
So we're going to end our show just a little bit differently than we normally do. We actually have an update for you guys on the Congress Plaza Hotel that we covered a couple weeks ago on the show in Chicago. We had a listener send us an email about their experience there, and we thought this would be a great opportunity to update you on what you could experience at the Congress Plaza Hotel. Yeah, absolutely. So we got an email from Todd this week. And uh, he's he's been listening to the show and enjoying it. So thank you so much, Todd, for listening and sending us an email. We love these things. So he said he started listening uh, to the Congress Plaza Hotel episode because they actually him and his wife stayed there last summer. And he said it's we are correct. It's a great location for staying downtown. The prices are what we described in the episode very reasonable. And you're within walking distance of shopping bars, parks, restaurants, and the Navy Pier. He said, beyond the lobby, the hotel is noticeably old. I'm a history nerd, though, and it was cool for me to stay in a place where many presidents and other historicals have spent time. That's what's so awesome about all these like old places we cover. They asked to stay in the South Tower, and the room was small and but clean. And the first night, their bedside lamp turned on in the middle of the night. This was especially unusual since his wife had unplugged it to charge her phone overnight. Um, this That's wasn't crazy. Just to pause yeah. you for a second. Yeah. An unplugged lamp turned on uh i agree that is super significant sorry absolutely this wasn't particularly frightening to me but it kept my wife up the entire second night we were there (laughs) she sounds like me Uh, like the person that would be up all night said he said my wife also complained about loud footsteps in the hallway throughout the night and he didn't hear anything so we talk about footsteps and that kind of thing in the congress plaza hotel he also mentioned some other places that he's been and and done some different ghost hunting and tours and stuff. So cool. Keep sending us the stories. We love this. If any of you guys have been to any of the places we've covered and had like an experience, we'd love to read that out and let our listeners know about it. Thank you so much, Todd, for listening to our show and all of our listeners, of course. That was such a good story because we haven't had an opportunity to stay there. So we love to hear any ghost stories that you guys had. So please send us a note if we've talked about any places you've stayed in and what your experience was, or if you have a recommendation, we would love to hear those. Yeah, we've gotten some really great recommendations lately from some different listeners that we're looking into. So if we have not covered your recommendation, bear with us. It may be coming sometime soon. All right, guys. So we also want to thank everybody for listening to the show. We want to thank everyone who's rated us and sent us reviews. We read them. We we got new ones this last week that, oh my gosh, they were just awesome. So thank Amazing. you so much. Yes, we love thank it. You. Make sure if you enjoy the show, please subscribe and rate us five stars. Also, you can go to yourhauntedholiday.com and reach out to us just like Todd did today. And then you can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. All right. Stay healthy and safe, everybody. Thanks for listening. Mm-hmm.